It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Wow, our studio audience is particularly lively Keep this morning. Keep it down out there, please. <laughs> the bar is open out there. How about that? Hi, lovey. Hi, loveys. What's the latest? Oh, not too much. <laughs> What's happening with you? I don't know. It's been a long time. Has it? Since I've seen you. Oh, I know. Almost a few minutes. So. What's the latest? Well, I want to say something to you. You do? Yeah. Oh, my God. This may not be good. No, it's good. Because oh, it's it's sort of in keeping with the theme of the show. Uh, I want to tell you. You know what I like about you? I Hopefully a few things. Well, there's a lot. Oh, I like that already. But I, you're, I say this in the best possible way. You're a yes man. I don't mean that in the, in a, you know, sycophantic, sycophantic, sycophantic way. Like, you know, you don't, it's nothing like that. You're a positive person. Yes, ma'am. And you say yes to me, which I like. Well, I try to when I need to, when I have to. I know how to do well, that. Well, that's what husbands yes, should. Yes, dear. Yes. That is very true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you sometimes reciprocate. I'm a yes woman. Oh. I'm a yes wife. Yes wife? When I'm not, <laughs> when I'm not, you know, we get into it and then. Then it's. it's you tell me that. It's, I, yeah. Not quite a yes wife. No, but, but I, I, you know what? I'm learning. I, I'm learning. Listen, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's not easy uh, getting married at this age because you have your way of doing things. And, you know, it's like my yes is my yes, right? This is, has worked. My yes has worked for me for 59 years. Has it? Yeah. Has well, it really? <laughs> yes, and it, yes, it has. Okay. Yes, you're right. It has. It has. So sometimes, you know. Your yes brought, but, but brought you to me. Okay, great. Let's just. So, Yes. See, see how yes, how important yes is? And your no's kept you from others. Yeah, yes. Your no- anyway, my nose. I smelled it out. But anyway, back to you and your being a yes man. Did you smell something? I smelled, I smelled something good in you. Oh. Wow, that's a, that's a first. And so anyway, what I'm trying to say here is that... Um, yes. <laughs> you are, are a... You're a positive person, a very positive person. Thanks. You see the yes I, in everything. I try you to. You see yes, no no's. I like a girl with a big yes. And I cannot <laughs> lie. <laughs> uh, I do try to see the yes in everything. Which I don't necessarily. I You're way more, you know... You see it, you you make it happen. I mean, I am learning from you. Wow. And I didn't necessarily come from that. Can I get you to sign that and write in here? I have I have learned a lot from you. I have learned it's, a lot of yeses it's, it's, from you. <laughs> I'm learning to say yes, where no, sometimes I would say no. Well, I am not 
always a yes person, as you know, when you would want me to do certain things like, you know, go on a hike and things like that and work out and stuff. You know, I kind of say maybe. Um, well, you are Mr. Maybe. I kind of are Mr. Doc- maybe. Okay. When you aren't, when you are, <laughs> when, when you're not saying yes, you are Mr. Maybe and okay. Dr. No. Okay. My other two nicknames yes. for you. But Well, it's good to know that I'm not always a yes. Man. It's, 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 it's not so much saying yes as it is the attitude of yes. Living yes. Yes. And yes. that's what the show is about. It is? Yes. That's so And And yes incredible. to everything. That's... Having the attitude of yes wow. will take you far, will take you places, will open your world, will expand your mind. Broaden your horizons. It's so true. It okay. does accomplish so much more than saying no. Right. It, the, having a yes attitude, mindset, is so important to everything in life. It's so important to your growth and evolution and productivity and how you live and how you work and how you love. How you approach I mean, your reaction to anything. We're, we're a... In any one primarily a relationship dating show i think yes is so important to finding love and being open to it and how it's not, not it's limiting not, yourself it's not just love it is it actually is a way to be to go through life and not be you know kind of angry and you know that's not a yes you can tell no people. You can tell yes people who who they are when you meet them. Yes. Drivers. I, th- I th- everything. It, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yes. See. It. it, it <laughs> can you go through the day without saying no? I'm gonna try today not to say no to anything. I think it's. I think wow. it is. is it's challenge. the. It's the. Um, the attitude of possibility. That's what it is. It's just, it's not saying yes or no. It's having that, the, the, the confidence or the belief that any, that it's possible. Anything's possible. Love is possible. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Good health is possible. Yes. Prosperity. Yes. Contentment. Yes. 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 And yes. Okay. So we're doing a show today on yes? We are. The show's I, about yes. I never have known that. Uh-huh. Tell us. Okay, well, and our guest is the master of yes. He's our yes guest. He's our yes guest. <laughs> He's the yes. Okay, let's talk about Ken Bechtel because he is a returning champ. And he was one of the early, um, I don't know what you'd call it, people on our show <laughs> that's a good start okay. ken bechtel is an author speaker mentor and podcast host with listeners in over 100 countries wow. uh in Are his, there 100 in, countries? And, and an early fan of done being single okay in his recently released book follow your yes he provides you with simple guidance on how to build confidence and eliminate overwhelm across the full spectrum of life Ken is here to share with you the wisdom gained from more than 20 years as a spiritual teacher and relationship coach about what it takes to make room for you to thrive in this busy world. Ken, Ken. come on in. Hello. 
puts you in here. And... What is happening, Ken? How are you? I'm well, thank you. you. You guys have dissected yes very nicely. Did we? I, there's so much to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's shocking how much it is in your right, in, in just the way you think and talk and, well, you go, take it away. It's your, this is your wheelhouse, babe. Yeah, well, it's interesting because a lot of what you two were talking about was the intellectual yes. Right? Do I do this? Do I not do that? Am I saying yes to this? Am I open to possibilities? And that's a component. But there's also what I call the, the internal yes, which is more heart-centered of what's calling you. Right? What are those things that are making you go, yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, I don't even know how. I don't know where. I don't know how this is going to come together. But it's my yes. It's that, that I, I always say it's like that light that's pulling you forward. And we all have it in different areas. And, you know, you guys are talking about the dating and, and relationships. And what's interesting is it's not about just being yes, because sometimes your yes is no. That's actually the answer that is right and resonating for you is no, don't do that. No, don't go there. No, they're not the right person. And we can dismiss that when we're thinking, but I want them to be, I want to be find that person or they check all my boxes or you know, whatever their status is. And then we actually, ironically, are not following our yes because we're not listening to our no. Mm -hmm. Listening to our no. Uh, is that a louder voice, the no, than the yes inside? It depends. I mean, there's not an absolute for any of that. But the reality is, it's again, it's about your internal guidance versus your external guidance. Because most of us are just trained to go get validator from the outside. Go ask somebody else if it's okay to do this, who approves. I mean, there's probably listeners to the show that are looking for your expertise to guide them in what they need to do. Are they in trouble? Yeah. Uh, what, what, well, <laughs> so is, I'm sorry, is no a comfort zone more for people than yes? Um, it can be. And that's a really great question, Robbie, because the way I, I've experienced it is the comfort zone is in avoiding. So we're more comfortable with avoiding what, what we don't want instead of moving towards what we do want. Because we're like, well, I don't know if I can really have that, but I know what to avoid. And if you think about when you were a kid in school, a lot of us, personally I did, we'd take tests with the process of elimination. Oh, well, I can figure out what aren't my answers and that will leave me with my answer. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work in the real world because there's more than four or five choices. <laughs> so you'd be looking forever, right? It's like looking at a menu at the restaurant. If you had to go through and look at everything you didn't want to find the thing you didn't want, it'd take you hours to get to dinner. It's interesting you said, it's a maybe avoiding what someone else wants gets you to know also. You, that might not be a comfort that might be, you know, your first inclination is to, is to maybe not want to go along with somebody else's suggestion or you do it. So it's just kind of a curious kind of a way to uh, be with someone. Yeah. And one of the things to keep in mind is our brain basically calculates things as being part of our comfort zone because they're familiar because the familiar feels safe. 
the brain goes, oh, you've done that before, you've survived it, cool. That's a comfort zone. Now, we can have miserable experiences that we survive, and yet our brain's still going, hey, my job's to keep you alive. So as long as you survive, that's a comfort zone. The truth is, for most people, what we call our comfort zone would be better named our familiar and frustrating zone. Because there's so many things that aren't really comfortable or what re resonate for us, but because we've done them before, we do them again. And we can get stuck in that rut. And the same thing goes for external yes. influencers, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I have to turn to this person for my advice. Some people, it was their parents. Some people, it's a coach or a teacher or a minister or even, you know, social media. People are, oh, well, why are you looking to that person you've never met that just has a bunch of followers to guide your life? Oh, God. So because we're less comfortable guiding our own. Yeah. Because that requires accountability. Okay. I can we take it back a little bit because I want to yeah. okay so let's let's um, talk about how you got to this book and mm. this okay your journey so you were on our show maybe two three years ago yep. and the uh, title of the episode was the woman whisperer oh you, really yeah <laughs> I didn't know that <laughs> it was I that's that was the title of the show that's what we talked about nice. okay and uh, you were great you still are. And I remember the episode well, because it was mm -hmm. so packed with great information for women, particularly. And so now I'm curious, how did if you think back this the last two, three years, maybe four? How mm -hmm. did this journey from Woman Whisperer and what you were doing then, if you can remember, how mm -hmm. did that deliver you to this book and to your follow your yes? Yeah. yeah, it's a great question, because there's a couple of things there. One is as I started to kind of boil down the work I was doing in relationship world and, and, and helping women with understanding men and so on, I realized that a lot of it, sure, there was information that was just, you know, understanding men is data, but there was also that aspect of, at the core level was, are you really following your yes? And I'll tell you where this came from. I had a conversation with my friend, Kurt, and Kurt's an artist and very creative and very talented person. And he's, I think he's probably the most interesting conversationalist I've ever met. Like we have amazing conversations and he walks up to me one day and he goes, can I figure it out? It's either yes or it's no. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. And then we started talking about it. He goes, no, 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 your yes is really clear. And if we just pay attention to our yes, we can let go of everything else. It's a no. And then all we got to do is go from yes to yes to yes through our lives instead of going, well, I don't know, maybe just what's the yes right now? That's all that really matters. And we started playing with this. And for some reason that stuck with me and I kept diving into it and further and further. And that's really what started me going down this path of this book of that's really the core essence of the work I've been doing all along is helping people to find their yes and learn to discern that so that they can stay on that path of yes to yes to yes. Okay, so I have to ask the obvious. What if we weren't, we don't come from that world of yes? What if we weren't taught or trained to think in terms of yes? I mean, I, I'm, I'll take myself for example. My father was a bit of a, he was, he was an encouraging dad. He always told me I could achieve and I could accomplish and I could do anything. But he himself, 
lived in a fairly small, sort of a limited, I think he had a small, limited view of himself. And he was a bit of a doom and gloomer. Mm. And so I grew up kind of with that, not that huge expansiveness. Whereas Robbie, I think, in the beginning of the show, we were I was telling him why I think he's a yes guy, a yes man, and this is in the best possible way because he is so positive. And I think he was raised mm-hmm. to to follow his yes. Would you would you say yes? Okay. See so okay. So <laughs> question. So back to the question. What if we yeah. don't have the skills? Yeah. So there's a couple of things here. One is it's easy, like you just gave a great example, right? Your experience in growing up and so on was different than Robbie's. That doesn't matter. It's not about where are you compared to someone else. It's where are you compared to where you were an hour ago, yesterday, whatever. So it's giving yourself, I call it being permission to be a beginner. Because most of us, especially at you know our stage in life, we're like, being a beginner? No, we should have this. We should, I don't want to go be a beginner. Who wants to start over? Nobody does because it's awkward and uncomfortable and you look ridiculous and all that. So we're like, I just want to jump ahead. But when you allow yourself to be a beginner, even with going, really following my yes is totally new to me. Well, then every step you take is a success. Mm-hmm. But if you're measuring it against somebody else, because you don't know where they started or where they're going. And yet you're going, oh. I had an experience mm-hmm. once years ago, I was uh, training for a road race. And I'm out on a run. It was very new. At, I very new at running. I always said I wasn't a runner, and somehow that changed. And I'm on this run, and this guy goes flying by me, and I start to get all pissed off. Like, why am I doing all this? If any old guy can, and this guy was like much older than me. And I'm like, how can he do this? And then I started laughing because I'm like, he might have started ten feet behind me. I don't even know where he started, and I don't know where he's going. He could be running to the corner. But I instantly started critiquing myself and deciding I wasn't doing good enough. And I was on a 20 mile run and it's like, what am I doing? Right. But that's what we do automatically. So if you don't have that experience, great. You start wherever you start. Okay. And you simply go, okay. So your example, uh, Trevor was great. Cause you said, you know, it wasn't your dad's world but he was encouraging of you. Yes. And so you had that invitation but you didn't see it in your world. So it's like, but when you say I can do that, I don't even know what that looks like because you're not living that way. And that's not the environment I'm in. And I'll tell you, my dad had this. He told me this one time. His, I don't know where he got this idea, but his rule of thumb was you always say no because you can never make a mistake when you say no. And so if I'd ask him if I could do something, the answer mm-hmm. was always no. Mm-hmm. He didn't even listen to it. It was just, well, I'll just say no. Mm-hmm. Then I was in college and I had an opportunity to... Uh, go on an intern that would require me to travel halfway across the country for the whole summer. And it was with a very big company, tremendous opportunity. And instead of just saying no, which I was pretty sure he was going to, but he didn't, he realized he didn't know basically how to say yes. So he went and talked to a a friend and businessman in the town that he thought was, you know, well uh, versed in these type of things and asked his advice and he said, yeah, that his friend's like, yeah, you got to let him go. This is an amazing opportunity. And so he goes, okay, so yeah, I'm on board. And he told me right then, he goes, if it had been just me, I would have automatically said no. Because he was so trained in that. Yeah. Now, the funny part is, 
he also used to say to me my whole life he said this like when I was a little kid and there'd be something he'd say well go do this and I'd be like I can't you know like little kids do he always said can't never did anything mm-hmm. so here he is saying can't never did anything but his default is to say no didn't really realize that that was in opposition it's a so again when we're really paying attention so something in him made him go i can't just do this default no thing there's something more here my yes is to go get some guidance from someone that i respect and so he did and that changed everything as far as how what i got to do and the opportunities that were presented so again at any point we can start but a lot of us do have those like our default well nope i just always say no right and you just said that you can never make a mistake when you say no. That that kind of hurts me because of what we know about the power of yes. Mm-hmm. And there's so many mistakes that can happen by leading with no. And so, you know, that's a important takeaway to, to not have, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and on top of that, Robbie, I think what you guys were talking about when you were introducing things was if we just default no, look at all the possibilities we miss out on. Right. And that's actually one of the things that stops people from following their yes is we think we need to know what the outcome is going to be before we start, which, of course, nobody knows. <laughs> but we're like, well, how's this going to turn out? And dating is a great example. People go, well, I want to be sure, I want to be certain this is going to work. Well, how are you ever going to do that? Because certainty is about the known. Yes. Well, if I've never dated that person, I can't possibly know how it's going to turn out. Instead, you have to have the courage mm-hmm. to dive down that path and see what happens. And know that even if things don't turn out the way you wanted them to, that that's an opportunity for you to go, oh, now I can refine my, my aim. Now I've realized, oh, those from I learned something here. These things aren't really there. If I get that guidance that, hey, this probably isn't the right guy or girl, follow it. Pay attention, no matter how many boxes they check. Because it's more about how they feel with you and you feel with them than how they look, what they do for a living, how much money they have, and so on. There's there's a great story about how John Lennon and Yoko Ono met. And oh. you may, oh, you, you haven't heard this? I don't, you may not I don't think so. Uh, Yoko was doing a, a gallery showing of her works, and uh, John Lennon was there, and uh, he, there was a ladder in the middle of the gallery and went up to the ceiling, and there was a, like, a piece of paper folded on the ceiling, uh, taped to it, and he climbs the ladder, and he opens the paper up, and it says yes. And at that moment... He, he said, who is this artist? This is incredible. You know, this is like the most amazing experience because if it said no, he said he probably would have been turned off and, and not interested. But instead, the yes made him go down the ladder, seek out this artist, and there mm. you go. So it's a... Did you, I did not know that. It's oh, a famous story. Yeah, so that was one of her pieces. That is was that one right? of her pieces, yes. That was yeah. Piece. Interesting. Yeah, because obviously... Yes is more interesting and inviting. It was just positive. No. Oh, it's such a charged word. It's mm-hmm. so great. It's, it's I mean, charged in, in, in the most positive way. Okay, I have a question, Ken. Yes. Talk to our typical listener. 
he, she is maybe, you know, 50 plus years old, uh, maybe divorced, maybe been single a super long time, um, maybe a little jaded, a little hardened, for sure bitter. Um, where, how do you, how do you, how do you tell them to find, how, where do you tell them to find their yes? Yeah, it's a great question because again, we, pretty much all of us have been validated for figuring things out. Oh, I got to think this through. I got to rationalize it. Well, here's the thing about your yes. And and I want to clarify a couple of things. One is your yes isn't like, I've had people go, oh, so this is about your purpose in life? No, no, it's got nothing to do with that. This is about what do you need to be your best right here in this moment? That's all it is. It's very simple. It's very bite-sized. Now you could have a bigger thing that's pulling you forward. Like, oh, I want to do this as, as a goal, but then I got to pay attention to what are the yeses step-by-step-by-step that are going to get me there. So that's the first thing. But when somebody is, actually re-ask the question. I just want to hear it again from you. Okay. Our, speak to our audience. Mm-hmm. Speak to our typical listener who might be in midlife, might is single, yeah. um, maybe has had a few disappointments, maybe yes. a divorce under their belt, um, is kind of you know a little on the cynical side and doesn't believe, doesn't believe that, that it's possible. Or it's yeah. out there. Yeah. So again, and, and that's why I wanted to hear it from you again, is there's a difference between believing and knowing. So believing is the thought process. Knowing is emotion. So you don't find your yes in your head because your yes is a feeling. Your yes is in your heart. Now, most people have been trained that your feelings aren't valuable in making decisions because you can't quantify them. They don't, we can't rationalize where the basis of them comes from. And sometimes they make no sense at all. And so we dismiss them and we just go to our head. So our head is the how we do something. That's what it's really good at, figuring out how to execute on something. But your heart is the what and the why. So if you're just doing the how, what you're typically doing is how do I avoid what I don't like? Mm-hmm. Which it, to your comment about somebody that's maybe been jaded or hasn't dated in a long time. I had a woman I was working with recently who she was, uh, she'd been married, I think 17 or 18, like to her first boyfriend. And now she was divorced. She's in her fifties. And she goes, I literally have never dated. And what little she paid attention to was when she was a teenager. And obviously the world's dynamically changed since then. And she's like, all I know is what I don't want to happen. And so she was totally trapped in avoidance as opposed to going, mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you, what do you want to ha-? Like, let's ask the other question. What do you want? She goes, well, I want to meet somebody and have fun. I said, good. That's all you need to know right now. We don't know what that's going to look like yet, but that's your measuring stick. Is this fun? Does it feel like fun? Not should it be mm-hmm. based on somebody else's measuring mm-hmm. stick, but what feels like fun for me. So it's always about checking in with your heart. And I always say it's about feeling it out instead of figuring it out. Then you can go and figure out what steps to execute on moving towards that feeling. I have a follow-up question. Please. What is the difference between following your yes and having toxic positivity? What do you mean by toxic positivity? That, That like toxic positivity that 
some of these, some, you know. Too positive? That it's yeah, a turnoff? Yeah, like, uh, how do I explain toxic positivity? It sounds self-explanatory. It sounds like it's too positive that it's a turnoff. So, right. Is that, like, is you that can't positive? fail. If you keep thinking positive, it will happen. It You, you must not ever, uh, you know, let up in your... Belief, well, here we go back to belief versus, yes. Yeah, so did you notice um, what you said? Thinking positive. Correct. Right? That has nothing to do with does it resonate with your truth in your heart? Because other people will tell you what's positive thoughts. Right. And then you adopt them. So we always attract what we believe, not what we desire. Right. So if we our beliefs are going to override that. So if you're thinking, I mean, in my opinion, this is why I asked you what toxic positivity is. Toxic positivity is toxic to yourself because you're no longer actually engaging with what's in front of you. You're just whitewashing everything with, oh, no, that's fun. Oh, this is OK. No, it's great. Everybody should be happy. And you're not even engaging. You're totally it's actually a way that you dismiss and, and kind of cop out on the world. Right. And that's not healthy for you individually because you're not engaging. And part of following your yes is, like we talked about earlier, honoring the fact that sometimes your yes is a no. And I've asked so many people this question about, you know, what, what's the time when you followed your yes or you didn't follow your yes? And it was funny because so many of them, probably like you, Trevor, went, is it okay for my yes to be a no? Mm -hmm. Because we think they're polar opposites. It's like, no, we've, we've all had that. Like, no, don't go over there. Well, that's your yes. That's what resonates with you, even though it expresses itself in no. So it's, again, it's staying true to what is your truth from the inside instead of what you think you're supposed to do or should do from the outside. I have another question. Yeah. Well, I have all these questions. Well, go ahead. You I, can well, go jump no, in. No, go ahead. <clears throat> okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm a passenger. <laughs> go ahead. You drive. It's okay. Okay. I'm fine. This is fascinating. I like this conversation. So I have do a lot I. to say. Okay. Well, do you mind? No. Okay. Yes. Also, because if I don't. If I... <laughs> <laughs> See, that was a positive no. I like that positive no. Okay. You know what? There's nothing wrong with a positive no. Because I, I do believe in the power of no. Because, because I'm giving no... you the. The range sometimes saying no is very so important. It's, it's a, no, sometimes see? saying no is it is honoring your boundaries. Look how we are evolving in front of your eyes. <laughs> All right. Well, now I've forgotten my question. Excellent. That was my point. So now I can get back to my question. No. Oh, okay. I remember my question. Excellent. How does following your yes mm -hmm. uh, differ from intuition, or mm. is it the same thing? Is it is it your intuition that's guiding you? And what and how and how can we improve our in mm -hmm. intuitive skills? Yeah, so it's very similar. And the thing that I always say about in, uh, your yes is it's divine guidance. So the, the divine speaks to us through feelings, not through words or thoughts or concepts. And so again, it's paying attention to your heart and what's the feelings there. So if you recognize that, because so many of us have been told, you know, unless you can prove why you know that, don't, you can't use it, like dismissing the intuition. And yet we have this gut feeling or whatever you want to call it. Notice it was a feeling, not a gut knowing, it's a gut feeling. 
And it's like, and we just know it. And then we go and operate in the other direction and come back. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Everybody's done that, right? So it's like, oh, but if I realize that this is the divine guiding me to my highest good, am I still going to keep dismissing it? No, even though I don't understand where it's going or how could this possibly lead to something better, I trust it. And that's part of the equation is when we think of intuition or, or anything like that, that kind of guidance as just coming from wherever, we don't understand where it came from. Well, yeah, that seems like, why would I follow that? But when you realize it's actually the divine, it's the universe talking to you. Hmm. Well, well, then of course I'm going to listen to that. That's the it's infinite intelligence. Well, yeah, I should pay attention to that. And we don't feel like it's a scary, freaky thing to do as much because we now know, oh, that it does have a source. It's not just some randomness mm -hmm. in the world, mm -hmm. even though it may not make sense in the moment to us. Okay. And that's the thing. When we realize and trust that the divine's always moving us forward towards our highest good, well, then we're not really so worried about, well, how do I know that? What how, What's the next step? It's like, you just go with it. Because so many things will happen that don't make sense. You could have never guessed. I always say, people say, oh, I want to know how this is going to turn out. And I say, here's the thing. If the divine could tell you how it's going to turn out, you wouldn't believe it. It's so far beyond where you are right now mm -hmm. that you dismiss it as a total fantasy. Because we can't possibly comprehend what the divine knows is in store for us. I like that. That's not. That's a little bit of a, a heavy lift for some people. I think so. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole concept of trusting that it's yeah. not random. It's it's the you know something bigger. Uh, I love it. I love it. And for this reason, this is why people need to read your book. But by the way, I just want to say that you know it's a good episode. I just want to tell you and our listeners and viewers that you know it's a good episode when we for I forget every question on my on my list <laughs> when we go completely off yep. script i have not looked down at one question this is yeah. the this is what makes this this so great and spontaneous and yeah. organic because it is an interesting subject and we're not having to struggle to come up with questions to ask you i just wanted to well, say uh, that i have a, are you done i am done I, go ahead no cuz or maybe you, you do. It's, okay. it's interesting that you. No, I. I rarely look at your questions anyway because I. I'm always, you know. Right, because it, it stimulates. It does. Uh, but I'm hearing what Ken's saying, and there's so much to learn from that. Uh, my question is, how do you deal with no people? Meaning, as a yes person, mm -hmm. as a positive person, is there a strategy to? when you meet with somebody, whether it's a potential date or a business or whatever it is, you're, you know, some communication and you can sense that this person is a no person. Mm -hmm. uh, what can you do to get over that hurdle with this person uh, in, in ways? Are there tips? Are there? Yeah. Yeah. Things? And the thing that I would always advise someone is it's not about are they a yes or a no person? It's about does spending time with that person feel like a yes? If they're like super negative, you're like, you know what? It's not that fun. I mean, we've all had people in our lives that suck the life out of us. 
but for whatever reason we felt compelled like oh their relative or they used to be my friend and now i don't really care for them but how do i say no to that well we all grow and evolve so it's a matter of going the whole focus of following your yes is going what do i need to be my best with whoever i'm interacting with and when you realize that's what you're doing you're it's incredibly generous you're being very giving and going i'm committed to being my best with you which means i may have to say no to things because i know that if i just go ahead and do it anyhow i won't be it's like if a friend invites you to like a scary movie and you don't like scary movies but you haven't seen them in a while and you feel like you should do something and i don't want to be a bad friend so you go and the whole time they can tell you're hating the movie your hands are over your eyes <laughs> you know it's clear you didn't want to be there well, then what kind of gift was that? It was terrible. You weren't doing what you wanted. They went with somebody who felt like they were forced and nobody actually was there and present and being their best. Yeah. So when we do that, it's not about what they do. It's just being that example of, hey, I'm going to be honest about what I need to be my best. And I always encourage people, like literally say that. I've, I've been in conversations with people where for whatever reason, I was getting distracted. I could tell I wasn't paying attention to them. And I've stopped the conversation and said, I'm sorry, I, I've got to interrupt you. I really want to be my best with you. And I realize I'm distracted right now. Can you give me a minute to collect myself? And they're like, yeah, that's the coolest thing anybody's ever done. Like, how awesome is that? That you like, instead of just not paying attention and going, God, shut up and be done. You pause to make sure you could be present. And that's what we're doing is we're going, I'm that committed to being my best in this situation. Sounds... Does that answer your question, Robbie? No. Awesome. I mean, yes. No, take me more. No. That's no. great. I, I mean, it, maybe what I meant was if there's, um, and let's talk about a, a business uh, meeting okay. where you have an agenda and you have a goal in mind and uh, you are approaching it in a positive manner and the okay. other person is not. And so you want to be more either convincing or you... Uh, want to know how best to deal with a person that is coming from a more less positive than you and you want to get someplace where you can both uh, have a win situation mm -hmm, a win-win mm -hmm. uh, compromise of some yeah. sort where it's just that's how deals are made mm -hmm. so uh, are there tips along those lines in, in dealing with that situation yeah, absolutely. And thank you for clarifying. Um, so business is a great example, right? So somebody comes to the table and they're kind of like this naysayer and everything's never good enough. Well, what you want to do in that situation is get curious. Really be curious about, well, what is it that you need? What are you looking for? Because naturally what happens is our brain fills any gap in knowledge that we have with worst case scenarios. That's a self-preservation mechanism, right? Right. So Oh, well, they seem to be really resistant to what we're offering. Oh, they probably can never be happy. They're all about this. We make up all these stories in a heartbeat about how this is a dead end. But the reality is we have to find out, well, what, what, what's the good reason you're saying that, Robbie? What, what, do you, what are you needing in this situation? I'm obviously missing something, so help me understand. And when you do that from what's the good reason or what's the thing you're looking for, it's true curiosity. That's different than why'd you say that? Because that basically has an implied accusation that you did something wrong and people will get shut down. 
But if you're really curious, because the thing is most everybody, whenever we say something or do something in that moment, we thought we had a good reason for it. And so when you ask, well, what was the good reason? Oh, I actually, this, this is a perfect example of this. So there's a woman I was working with and we were talking about this and her boyfriend had uh, basically been pretty mean to her that day verbally. And she goes, well, what's the good reason you had for doing that? And he goes, oh, well, you pissed me off yesterday and I want to get back at you. She was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm still pissed about this. So I thought I'd be a jerk to you today. And she's like, okay, wow. That just told me a bunch that I would have never done. She goes, because I had already come up with all these excuses for his bad behavior. To make, oh, he had a hard day. and Oh, I must be being too naggy. And she had all these stories of how it was her fault for what he was doing. And instead, when she got curious, she found out the truth. And then she could make a choice. Was it her yes to stay with that person or not? Yeah. It's, that's such a great answer yeah. to, to what I asked because it it puts a, a label on it of being curious, being inquisitive, mm-hmm. shows you care. Yep. And when you show you care to somebody that might be less positive than you, and I'm not going to be negative, I want to be, I'll, I'll accuse somebody of being less positive, uh, then it it kind of gives them an opportunity to open up a little bit more and because they know, oh, you're asking a very important question that, and you're coming at me with curiosity and mm-hmm. not anything accusatory of, you know, why'd you say that or, yeah. and so that's really, thank you for that. That, that really was wonderful. Yeah, and, and to your point, Robbie, is everybody wants to be known and understood. But most people just automatically make up, oh, I know what they're doing. I know why they're doing this. And, you know, let's be honest, most of us are wrong. <laughs> it's our own fears. Like if I think my product isn't as good as somebody else's, I'll be like, oh, they probably already talked to them. They want this. They're going to find a reason my product isn't good enough. They haven't said any of this. Right. But we make it up because it's our fear that this is where our weak point is, or this is where I don't qualify, or maybe I don't have the experience. And so I think they're going to go with somebody else because they think I'm a rookie. Whatever it is, we come up with these stories as opposed to go, wait, all that's fiction. That's all stories. What if I actually got curious and got the facts? And then we could go from there. Yep. Curiosity. It also helps in dating. Oh, well, that's what oh. we're saying. No, it does help. It, I, all the time. With any, any interaction. It, yeah, it really does. Um, I, by the way, I just want to say a few more things about your book. Your mm-hmm. acknowledgments were so wonderful. Oh, oh my God. Those Thank were you. some heartfelt acknowledgments or endorsements, not acknowledgments, excuse me, endorsements. Yeah. Wow. Um, I was really moved just by reading the, the blurbs that you got. Thank you. I also love your, your UPS driver <laughs> analogy. I had no idea UPS driver, should I say it or should we? Yeah, yeah, please. I don't, go ahead. I don't know. Uh, do you know that UPS, according to Ken, UPS drivers don't make lefts turn left left turns they or they avoid it they avoid making left-hand yeah. turns yeah yeah they've actually they they studied it and most delivery companies follow suit now but they found out that if they didn't make left-hand turns especially in city environments it was safer because they're not turning across traffic it saved time because they're not waiting in that turn lane and this is the one that surprised everybody 
it saved fuel because they're not idling, waiting to turn. They just turn right, go around the block and go wherever they're going. So almost 95% of the time, they will turn right because it's all those benefits. Right, but nobody was... would think of that. <clears throat> it's the exact opposite of where you think you're going, right. but it's not. It's just the indirect route that gets you there quicker and more efficiently. Okay, so apply that to what we're talking about. To what? Apply that to what we're talking about. Yeah, so this is, the way I describe it in the book is, obviously somebody at UPS and these other places looked at the bigger picture, right? And they went, wait a minute, why are we doing all this? Look at how long they sit in those turn lanes. And they started to go, what if there's another possibility that works better? And they looked at the bigger picture. Now, I'm sure whenever those drivers first got that you know, agenda, they're like, you guys are nuts. And then they started realizing their route was getting done faster. They didn't have to sit in that turn lane. And all of a sudden they're like, this is better. But they would have never guessed going right to get left mm. was gonna be a better answer. Well, that's oftentimes the same thing with our yes. Right. If so, we get a yes to break up with somebody. Oh, but I think if these and these and those things would work, it'd be okay. And instead, it's like, well, just walk away, just end it and move on. Why well, can't I'm so close? It's the closest I've ever been. But what's happening is the divine's going, look, I've already looked at your map. There's a guy on the other corner. But if you stay over here with him, you'll never turn, you'll never get there. So you have to trust that, again, the divine is actually giving you the, the guidance that you can't see yet because the divine sees the whole picture. How many times have you been behind a delivery truck <laughs> in a left-hand lane and go, oh, I'm not going to make this light because this guy is, you know, too big a truck. And he's in the middle of the street and the light's going to turn. And I'm, you know, so uh, it's a very interesting observation that I will be looking at. I, I do think it's, it is, a, saying yes is a choice. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know if this is true, but Abe Lincoln, I think this quote is attributed to him. He said that uh, happiness, oh, no, folks are as happy as they make their minds up to be. Mm. Folks are as happy as they make their minds up to be. I don't know if that's him, but it is, you know, barring some legit mental health issue. I do believe it's a choice. Yeah. I think being positive is a choice. <clears throat> I think that... that um, for people that it doesn't come naturally to, it requires some practice. Yeah. It is like working a muscle. Mm -hmm. Really. Yeah. It's kind and I of... actually use that analogy in the book because we've, we all have internal guidance. It's a built-in part of the equipment. Yes. But have we paid attention to it? And it could be because we had external forces that said, don't do that. Or it could be because, you know, we got scared of it or whatever it was. It doesn't matter. What matters is it's still there. It's just like if your arm had been in a cast for two months and you take it out and it's now this scrawny little puny thing because it's atrophied, it hasn't been used. Right. Well, the same goes for your yes. If you haven't used it, it's not gone. You don't have to invent it. It just has yeah. to start being flexed and used. And just like our arm, it has that memory and it'll come back very, very quickly because each time we do it and we follow, we're like, wow, I'm going to pay more okay. attention to that. Mm -hmm. Oh, we do it again. I'm, like, I'm going to, this is so much easier than trying to figure everything out and go mm -hmm, through all mm -hmm. it's like just follow that instinct follow that guidance and i don't have to explain it to anybody because the truth is feelings are not something that's rational but they are unarguable yeah. you can't deny when you're having a feeling it's like i don't know why but i am well if we just went i don't need to know why 
that's just the guidance. When I was a little kid, I was terrified of the dark. Didn't make any sense. Nobody else in my family was scared of the dark. Why was I? But there's no argument that I was. No, I'm not now. Where'd it go? Who knows? It doesn't really matter. But it's following those feelings. Now I actually love it. I'm like, wow, can I find the darkest place ever? I was once on a hike and it was it got night and it was so dark. I did this and I couldn't see my hand. Like a foot in front of my face. I'm like, this is awesome. And I started going, I would have been peeing my pants if I was a little kid. Because it terrified me as a child. On that note, mm-hmm. Ken, uh, Tell us how people can find you. Yeah, thank you. Um, the website's followyouryes.com. There's all the information on the book and programs, and obviously you can order the book there. Uh, that's home for everything. I'm very proud of you. Yes. Because I don't think you were an author last time we spoke. So congratulations. No, I wasn't. And I actually said I would never write. Oh my gosh. I am Travis. so. Just as a, I just wrote a book too. So oh, thank you comes out in February. So just, just, for, you know, big props to you as an author and I love it. And I love that you have been in our life um, and keep coming back and it's congratulations. It's so fantastic. Thank you. Thank you both. We don't, yeah. we didn't say where we can find us. Who well, cares? People know. <laughs> <Okay>. My God. <laughs> You know, but All right, we, people we're, know. We're okay. Donebeingsingle.com. It's a good start. Okay. Uh, thank you, Ken. This has just been enlightening and positive, and uh, we love that. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs>